Hello, welcome to the second edition of my retro Rahalastapper, looking back uh, in no particular order, in no chronological sense, to some of my old favourites from this vast back catalogue of Rahalastapas, Rahalastapas, that we have got. Uh, there's, I mean, if you count the Edinburgh ones, there's probably 500 or so episodes. If you're new to the podcast, we want to give you a chance to see some of the absolute class, hear some of the absolute classic episodes and some of my favourites. Uh, people often ask me who my favourite guests are, and it's very difficult to choose one, which is why I'm going to be doing this every single week. But this week's guest is possibly the favourite guest I have ever had on Rahalastaba for me personally at least I think and there's amazing competition for this role the most naturally charming and funny person that has been on the show and possibly that I've ever met it's Bob Mortimer you know that because it was in the description um so lovely to get him on board it was a long time ago now I'm really hoping we can get him back pretty soon he seems keen to come on but he's a very busy man so uh, hopefully there might be a Rahalastaba with uh, Bob later in the year but what I liked about this one was just the ease of doing it, I suppose, and the lovely moments we found in this. What the, I think the bit that sticks out for me is the the realisation that we were probably both in the charming city of Middlesbrough at the same time and managed to work out the route from my grandparents' door to his childhood home. Um, and it's a weird thing to think, isn't it, that... Uh, Back in the 1970s, 1980s, we may have walked past each other in Middlesbrough City Centre or even just Roman Road in Middlesbrough. Um, I know you're going to love this one. I don't think there's much more to say about it other than Bob is absolutely just what you see is what you get. Um, one of the one of the nicest men in the world. I was going to say in show business, but that's not difficult. He's one of the nicest men in the world. I'm in love with him. I hope to have his children one day. Uh, and at the very least, I hope to get him back on Rahalastapa very soon. Uh, if you enjoy these podcasts, why not tell your friends about them? If this is a great place to start, you can direct them to these Friday-released retro episodes to get them in the mood, and then hopefully they will then work their way through the back catalogue themselves. Please feel free to do that. Every listen with the adverts is a little tiny penny more in the pot for us to make more podcasts. Now let's sit back, relax, and enjoy one of the really great Rahalastapas. Thanks very much uh, to the comedic talents of Mr Bob Mortimer. Ready? Yeah, we're about to start, George. You get press, play, and record. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's just walked up 197 steps at the Covent Garden Tube. It's, it's more than you think it's going to be. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello. Hello, London. Thank you. Love to be back. Should have killed me last year. I'm back. 
welcome back. Uh, welcome to Rich Harry's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast, or as some of the cool kids have started calling it recently, Rehearse the Perth. Oh, unless the purr, they call it the cool people. Uh, so it's lovely to be here. Uh, lots of things have happened since I've been officially at the Leicester Square Theatre. I've, uh, I've had a, a human child has emerged. Uh, my wife's vagina is one of the most terrifying, <laughs> terrifying things I've ever seen. It meant to be the most beautiful day of your life. It is absolutely fucking horrific. If you, if you hate the person you're married to, then have a baby with them. Because you'll be, you'll be delighted at the pain. And... <laughs> And seeing a human head coming out of your wife. It's not what you imagine it's going to be, Andy. It's not as good as you think. Uh, and thank you to everyone who uh, contributed to the Kickstarter campaign that is uh, keeping uh, this, keeping us going. That means we can film. So thank you. If you were one of those people who contributed, thank you very much. If not, then maybe contribute to the next series because we'll have to do the same thing again uh, for the next one. But uh, it went well. We, got, we hit our target, but Chris Evans, not that one, forgot about VAT, so we actually didn't quite make enough money. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I just won't. Why my baby just won't eat? That's all right for this uh, for this autumn. Uh, and uh, what was I going to say? So uh, yes. Uh, oh yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know if you were on Twitter. Um, there's lots of lots of things happened. I was on on Twitter and I noticed uh, Lord Sugar, who I follow on Twitter. Uh, if you don't follow him, I do retweet quite a lot of what he says. Uh, he got onto Twitter to ask people on Twitter to give him the name for his autobiography. I don't know if you saw, which is pretty cheap as far as again. I know I've asked you all for money, but that is a different thing. Uh, and I came up with some very good uh, names for his autobiography. I thought firing blanks would be quite a good. I thought that would be quite a good title, especially if in the autobiography it was revealed that he was also imp- impotent. Well, that is the. Uh, I thought I quite like uh, convoluted puns so I thought ass poo full of sugar uh, it's like ass, a spoonful of sugar but it ass poo which it would only really, really work if he reveals in the autobiography that he is suffering from some kind of rectal diabetes and then that will but if he does that's a very good title for it uh, but I actually thought the best title for it, Lord Sugar's autobiography would be I remind me of me at that age which I think <laughs> He didn't choose any of those. I can't believe he went for unscripted, which I think is quite insulting to all of his many script writers. Uh, you seriously think that show isn't scripted? Looks good on paper, but so does fish and chips. That kind of that kind of, kind of skill. So yeah, I'm, 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 I have got a tiny daughter. It's amazing. I'm really loving it. She's beautiful. She's called uh, Phoebe. Uh, she's three and a half months old now. She's just started to laugh at stuff, which is, as a comedian, is absolutely fascinating to see uh, a sense of humour developing. It's kind of weird what she laughs at sometimes. It's hard to... I might try out some of the material on you, because it kills with her, so I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> the thing that really made her first laugh, that made me... And she got... The first time she laughed at something that I think she understood, we were giving... She's teething a bit, so we gave her this kind of powder that you, that you put in your in their mouths with their teeth they, they, they just kind of their gums and they come chew on it uh, but she'd never up to this point she'd only had cow pollen and milk so this was the first solid she ever had she put it in she went, and then me and my wife laughed and then she saw us laughing and it, she sort of laughed along but in the way of kind of going yeah this is this is crazy and it's just so like me isn't it that I what, what's, what's going on with this I eat milk what's going, why am I eating this uh, so that was quite good fun and then uh, and then I really made her laugh the next day by singing Frere Jacques to her but changed most in the world most of the words to ding dong uh, it really made her laugh so I thought I'd try that on you and see if it makes you laugh I don't know what she found amusing I don't think she understands that dong means penis I don't, I don't think that was 
I think it was the onomatopoeia that she enjoyed. But you go, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. I can't even do it now, what's that? It's Red Jacket. Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. Can you sing? Can you sing? Sing along with daddy, sing along with daddy. Ding dong, ding. No, I've gone as well as I. I've not gone as well, but then she, she found that funny for about five minutes and then never, never again. I think she was laughing at that. Anyway, so that's been been very enjoyable. But look, we're going to uh, crack on. Oh, I I must... Because of the Kickstarter thing there is now, I'm contractually obliged to do lots of things. I would like to thank Duncan Thorley, who has paid for this entire episode uh, for uh, advertising... uh, Advertising Maximum Whimsy, which is a podcast sitcom about Minecraft. I mean, it sounds terrible. uh, But but thanks for the money. Minecraft, you know. This is why most people won't sponsor this podcast, I discovered. <laughs> he did say I could take the business. No, he's a lovely guy and he's very proud of the end board he designed, which is on episode three onwards. Look out for Maximum Whimsy. I do uh, pick it up at the beginning of the show as well, so you can look out for that. And also, I have to say, uh, for um, uh, I did promise some people that I would call people a fucking idiot, basically, is what most of them seem to have gone for. So Adam asked me to say, Lawrence Crook is a fucking idiot for chickening out of calling Nima Parvini a fucking idiot. So there we go, that is done. So, uh, it's, it's just, I'm being paid money to, to call, by proxy, someone a fucking idiot. That, so, uh, and, you know, there could be anyone, there could be a really nice person, they could have just died or something, and I, then, I, then, you know, the papers that get hold of it, and Richard Herring's called Nima, pa- Nima Parvini a fucking idiot. Fantastic. Don't even know who that is. So, uh, look, we're going to crack on. Will you please welcome my very first guest this season? I can't believe we've got him. It just took me tweeting him and asking him if he would come on. Uh, uh, he's probably best known as the host of the Radio 4 pilot, Bob Says Who, from about 1992. It was script written by uh, Rich Terring and Stuart Lee. Will you please welcome Bob Mortimer, ladies and gentlemen? Bob Mortimer! You can sit down with me if you like. You can sit on the same chair as me. Bob's brought his own lager in with him. Yes, thank you very much. I have. Thank you it's for noticing that. It's good. It's good. It's three point four percent, which is the healthy cut-off point. Is it? If you're interested in that kind of thing. Is it? Is there, isn't the healthy cut-off point not drinking lager? No, I don't no. agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you remember Bob Says Who, the Radio 4 pilot? You, you mentioned to me backstage. Yeah. No, I have no memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, it was it's, very important. It's real. It's obviously real. It was real. real. It was, you know, it was, a, it was almost a prototype of shooting stars. I, you know, I don't want to... I, 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 you know, I, obviously, I, I created Alan Partridge. I've never seen a penny of that. I created Alan Partridge. <laughs> yeah. Well, you should get some money as well. Yeah. I've never seen a penny of that. And I was a big lad once when I was working on um, inventing Peter Kay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I only got as far as the size. <laughs> I saw him when he was 16, 17. Yeah. Did, I was judging So You Think, it's, so you think You're Funny yeah. in Edinburgh. And it, um, he came on doing his, you know, Fanta. Panda Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to be disparaging, but he'd say brand things, wouldn't yeah. he? You can't help but be disparaging, like, can you? Just by giving his act. Uh, <laughs> 
that's not to me. But I remember there were different times because there was like a judging panel. We went up and I said, well, I thought that the big lad, the Panda Pops lad, yeah. was the best. I remember the, the um, Channel 4 commissioner then said, yeah, but all he did was tell jokes. <laughs> but do, you remember, do you remember those times? Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sort of a little bit like that now at the moment. He, he writes, and it's worth reading his autobiography, uh, Peter Kay. It's fascinating because he really writes from the point of view of every, everything I did was amazing. Right. Or, and he, ne- he never had a bad gig, so he, he writes about that and says how brilliant he was. Uh, and, uh, but he writes about how when he was at school, he was uh, the cowardly lion in uh, Wizard of Oz, and he missed one of the rehearsals because it was some family thing, and they said, oh, you're just going to have to sit that dance out because, you, you know, you didn't go the rehearsal. And he was annoyed that everyone else was dancing, and he wasn't. So he got up and danced up and down the aisle and larked around and had lived right. to dance. And he goes, everyone was laughing, everyone loved it. I don't think the other people in the Wizard of Oz were enjoying it that much. Peter, but no, he's a lovely guy. Uh, you, have you heard the one? Have you heard the one about him buying his um, his wife the Renault Clio? Second <laughs> Renault Clio. <laughs> well, I don't know. Do we leave it at that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell me later. We, I think we can fill in the gaps. I very much enjoyed his car share. Uh, he, he didn't insure it. He didn't, so she couldn't give it a go. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> on, her, on her actual birthday. <laughs> I bet she found it hilarious though when that happened. So uh, Bob says, "Who? I've heard the Insurance? <laughs> <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it's good to be able to remember things. I can remember things, but no one else. Remember. I can remember Bob says who, and you can't remember it. That's, that's why I'm fucked as an observational yeah. comedian. Yes, I did not remember it. I'm not laughing. Had <laughs> you made me remember it, I'd yeah. found it hilarious. Yeah. One, of the, one of the questions, the only question I remember was, uh, Jason Donovan said there are too many broken hearts in the world, but how many too many are there? That was one of the questions <laughs> that you had to ask and Sonia. It didn't fly. It didn't fly. Some, some reason it didn't. Uh, Caroline Leddy was the producer of it. He went on to be a big wig at Channel 4. Uh, and uh, Stuart Lee and Richard wrote it. Bob Mortimer yeah. posted it. Sonia was in it. I can't remember who else was. Do you remember Sonia? She did the European Song Contest. Sonia. Little power pack. Her energy like defied her size. There, it you know, was, yeah, yeah. Sonita just goes on and on. <laughs> you look like forever. Yeah. <laughs> so you are from middle school. Do you remember Sunita? <laughs> <laughs> Simon Cowell does. So uh, is you were born in Middlesbrough? Yeah. You were born in Ackland in Middlesbrough. I was born in Linthorpe in Middlesbrough. Linthorpe in my mum's house. My my grandparents lived like a quarter of a mile from where you were born. You kidding? In uh, in uh, Clepstone Avenue. Clepstone. If you go, if you come out of Tolsbury Road, turn left. <laughs> Into Harrow Road. I know Harrow Road. Yeah, then right into Roman Road. Yes. And then left into Emerson Avenue. I'm oh, oh, sorry, no. actually, it's the other way around. Then right into Tolsbury. So it's you from your house, you'd come out. <laughs> turn left. I've got to turn right, right into, into Emerson. Emerson. Left, right, left into Roman Road. Right into Harrow Road. And then it's Clepstone Avenue. They were at yeah, number 11, Clepstone Avenue. But, and do you know who else was, um, lives on that street? No. Chris Rea, you know the gravel boys? <laughs> <laughs> no, I promise you. Clepstone Avenue on your road. Yeah. He no, he lived on Clapstone. Did he? Yeah. If it's the first right after everything. <laughs> <laughs> My mum and dad once saw you uh, walking along on uh, Roman Road or Harrow Road. They can't remember if it was a few years ago. Yeah. 
Roman Road. Ro- <laughs> Roman Road was very straight, as you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so that's good. So I'm all my family from Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is you're, one you're of the. You're kidding me, aren't I'm not. All my family, my grandparents, both, both sets of grandparents, my parents met in Middlesbrough. My dad, my dad was... Um, well, we are trying to work out if you went to the same school, but I don't think you did go to the same... I mean, my dad's a little bit older than you. Is he Catholic? Uh, no. Well, we might have then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was quite a split in them days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you support Middlesbrough? Yeah. And as, as they do. Did you ever go to Rosebury Topping? Of course I went to Rosebury Topping. And and, uh, are, you, are your grandparents still alive? No, they're all dead. Oh, Thanks right. for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> if they had a good knock, they'd be pretty old now. If they were old. Yeah. My, grandma, like, my last one died a couple of years ago. She was 102. Wow. She had a good knock. Which yeah. for Middlesbrough is amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. Middlesbrough is one of the most horrible places. I can say this. Yeah, it's sure, one of the yeah. really most depressing and horrible cities in the world yeah, I've ever been to uh, Rosemary Topping is, de- is delightful yeah I mean it has, it's, it has a kind of beauty because like, when I was young the coastline was eight miles of chemical and steel yeah. works which did have a certain beauty but yeah it's not a, it's not picture postcard type of thing because I spent a lot of time you know we, I'd go, we, I, I, I never I, I wasn't born there but I think my sister was born there uh, but uh, we'd moved and I was in Somerset by the time I can really remember so we, right. we, we would drive up every summer and see the grandparents so I spent a lot of time in Middlesbrough and do you remember the lights from the works and everything <laughs> I, well I remember it being and my granddad worked in the, the park when, in the Captain Cook Museum did you ever go to that right yes yeah. I mean it's going to be mainly just us <laughs> <laughs> I bought Football Manager 1980, 1982 the first one of the first Football Manager cassettes for my computer in Middlesbrough towns in WH Smith's <laughs> wow in, uh, in do you remember Dove Cutts no. Oh, that's a shithole, <laughs> But people remember it fondly. Yeah. Yeah, sort of, how, did they get, how, you know, how did they get away with that? There was a, there were, I did come across a, uh, a newspaper asking about you choosing your seven favourite places in Middlesbrough, a local paper, and one of the comments is, he loves it so much he does anything but live here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just typical of Middlesbrough, I think. Yeah, yeah he, he moved away as soon as he could. Yeah, he fucking did, and so would you have done it. <laughs> But it's lovely. We can say this because we love Middlesbrough. Were you a bin man in Middlesbrough? I was a bin man, yeah. I did Grove Hill Estate and Sutton Estate. Yeah. <laughs> and it was in the days of, of cast iron bins then. Right. So it was very much a man's job. I was very much admired. You know like, <laughs> you know, like on that Eric Cantona advert? Yeah. Are you a bin man? <laughs> Do you know that? <laughs> Sounds good though. Uh, my, my granddad did so many different jobs, and now suddenly I think, was he a bin? You might have worked. Did you, did you ever meet Don Hannon? Don you, Hannon? No, Don Hannon. No, Don he was Hannan. in Miami Vice. He's not considered. <laughs> <laughs> Don Hannon. I look. I look a bit like him. He had kind of, but he had his hair was grey, unlike mine. Uh, so it's well, that's because he was old, I suppose. It probably wasn't grey his whole life. Anyway, that's uh, that's the Middlesbrough based stuff. But do you think there is a um, the North East has brought a lot of very esoteric and you know, Viz and you and, uh, and Vic have, have created this kind of very different kind of comedy to southerners I suppose and <laughs> people like me are Oxbridge educated idiots like me yeah. do you think there's something in the North East that's inherently amusing? I don't think so Richard maybe <laughs> I mean I like um, when, when, whenever I go back up there I get, on, I get in tune with their humour very quickly yeah. do you know many Middlesbrough people? no, they're, they're all dead now <laughs> <laughs> all the original <laughs> yeah. they're like the tomorrow people <laughs> yeah. uh, 
Yeah, no, there's, there's, I think there might be something in it. Like, um, we, we haven't got that, like, loud, brash, scousy sort of thing going on. No. Or the, um, the one where you leave stage and people say, hey, he's pretty clever, that guy. <laughs> he's made me laugh, but we haven't got that no. thing. Um, <laughs> but, no, I don't, I, I don't know. It sure seems a bit... Sure that lived on Pepstone Avenue? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I used to play with him down the road. He's a bit older than me, isn't he? He's, yeah, he's two years older than me because he's Catholic. He went to St. Patrick's. Right. Um, the whole Rhea family did. They're um, very successful family. A little, I can see, they're nice houses, Clepston. All right, yeah. I mean, from Middlesbrough, they're... Yeah, no, they're houses. not bad. Yeah, they've got upstairs and yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> my, 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 my poorer grandparents lived in Benson Avenue, which is... Uh, Benson, that sounds like it's in town. Yeah, sort of nearer to town. Near to and I went back. I, drove, I went back there because it had been a long time since I'd really been there because of the, they, they mostly died a while ago. And, uh, and yeah, Clepston, but all of it seems so. The Benson Street was, um, when I went back, it, in my mind, because I was a kid, it's like a big, big house with these tiny little yeah. terrace. Yeah. Like one down, two up kind of. Yeah, house. I mean, my mate's trying to flog one now from right. up there. It's 42 grand, you know, right. it's incredible, isn't it? That is incredible. <laughs> Do you want it? Yeah, but I might buy it. <laughs> I can buy that with the... Yeah. And we're moving house. But you used to be a solicitor. I was going to ask you if you could help me with, with moving house because it's really expensive. Can you fill in the forms and stuff? I, I, do you know, I probably could, could you? to be honest with you, but you wouldn't necessarily own the house after I've done it. <laughs> if, that, if that bothers you. <laughs> you know, I, did, I bought a few. I, I remember I bought one... Um, I bought one in... East Dulwich for some sort of lovely couple had all the right ideas yeah. about life, you know, nice people. <laughs> and um, I bought them it, and, and I forgot to, got to, forgot to get them to sign the mortgage deed. <laughs> Just not, like, and, but which means they could have the house for free. It's a settled land act, 1925, it has to, be, has to be written on. So I got me mate Kingy, who did an act for us, which is Dr. King and his flying rabbits. And, <laughs> I put a fucking... It was a Leeds permanent um, building society mortgage. So me and King thought, you'll need a trilby. <laughs> because if it's Leeds permanent... So he went round with, right, he went round with, um, with the mortgage deed and did it as a, like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> we just wondered if you're happy with the service and if you could just sign this document. And they signed it. But oh, I can remember because, like, because I was a lawyer, it's a, like, it's very, like sheltered thing you can't think that there's anything else you could do and I would have lost I would have been struck off right God, it was a frightening day <laughs> no it really was I didn't masturbate at anything and I was young can you get into trouble retrospectively for this can you be sent to prison now you've no I don't I, well I wonder yeah. <laughs> I don't know I've said it be annoying for that for the couple when they discovered they could have had a free house could have had it for free yeah mind you they'll be sitting on a fortune now won't they, they? they'll be living it up but the problem is, you have a, you know, you buy a house in London, and then when you, and I'm trying to sell my house in London, and but then you have to buy somewhere else with the money. Yeah. So it's not, it doesn't mean anything. Just everything's more expensive. Unless you go and live in Middlesbrough. In Middlesbrough, yeah. <laughs> I could buy the whole of Benson Street. I, mean, I might do that. <laughs> I could buy the whole Street Lord and Benson. raise it to the just drive through in a digger and knock it all down. If you could find someone called Hedges to buy it, <laughs> <laughs> and call it Tobacco Road. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of fascinating to me that you, when you met Vic Reeves, Jim Moyer, uh, you were kind of in the audience of his show, and you kind of, that's how you got 
together with him. Yeah, I mean, we can't really remember it very well, but I mean, you say it was a show. It was, it was like, it was a room above a pub in Deptford, and it was um, him and one table of his mates. Yeah. And Jim's a bit of a show off, and he was just doing his thing for his mates. Right. And actually, Dr. King with Flying Rabbits, he was uh, a mutual friend who took me to this. So I sat on the table of friends. Yeah. And I've, I have no memory of how I got involved in it, because everyone was involved in it. Um, I think I, gave, I went up and gave him a check for his work he'd done for really, really hungry kids or something. <laughs> I see that, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, because I mean, he's not, not an easy chap to meet. No. Jim, he's very shy. Um, and of course, he, he suffers from that thing that if you're on the telly, you're not allowed to be shy because it's interpreted as being really rude. Yeah. So, and he, he's very, he's very sh- I didn't get to know him for a while. Okay. He, he'd sort of say, he, I can remember, he'd say, Would you come on and give us a check? <laughs> Do you know? And, yeah. You know, I can't really remember the first time I went up there or the. But we started writing it in his kitchen maybe four or five weeks after I'd seen him that first time because we did a different show every week yeah um, well again yeah. that's sort of interesting because that's so different than the rest of the comedy scenes and this was like the late 80s early 90s it was about yeah 88 something yeah. like that yeah so I mean the rest of the comedy scene I was you know me and Stu moved to London in 89 90 and we started doing stand up but we you know you would go to clubs and you'd do the same thing at every yeah. club until you got more gigs and you'd do you were completely doing your own thing yeah sort of separate and then by sort of chance and happenstance that sort of well, it was the same audience every week, yeah. but, but like growing. But you couldn't, so you couldn't. You had to do something new for them every week. Well, you say that, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> you wait. You wait till we get onto the emergency questions. So, yeah. Are you just hoping the next guest was from Middlesbrough as well? <laughs> <laughs> the next guest is very similar to you in a lot of ways, but she isn't, I don't think she's from Middlesbrough. I actually don't know where she's from. <coughs> Probably, I might ask her. <laughs> no, I've done a radio show with her for a long time. Uh, so, uh, yeah, well, that's. I, I've been, it's been a lot of fun researching this because I've been going back and watching lots of Reeves and Mortimer from various eras. And what, what again, I was saying backstage, I mean, it's kind of so, it's so much its own thing and it's so different than other stuff and it's so stupid a lot of it, but there's a lot of. So you're just laughing at the, the ridiculousness of it, mm. the absurdity of it. There's a lot. Of, what I really like was there was someone sent me a link to the Stars in Their Eyes sketch you did, yeah. which has lots of funny stuff in it. But the thing that really made me laugh was that the door that they came through in Stars in Their Eyes was too low, so yeah. everyone, everyone had to come. And it's not. And you don't make a big thing of it. It's just like the door, the Stars in Their Eyes door. It's just everyone has to bend down to get through it. And it's one of the funny. It just was making me laugh so much. And it's such a subtle throwaway little joke in there. Yeah. So there's sort of so much depth and thought that I think's gone into it. Yeah, look, we did used to really write those things. So yeah. like we would, you've done it yourself, Richard. We're like in those shows that you really care about. So we would take every instruction. So it comes to a door and and not leave it there. And think, well, what about the? Do you know what yeah. I mean? And say, well, let's make it too small, and then try and do every little detail. I mean. We even put, I don't know if you remember that one, but if you notice that Matthew Kelly had a set of gallows on his head. <laughs> and we, and we, I, don't know, I don't know whether that, like, that was a portent or something. But, <laughs> but, but, yeah, we're just, you know, like, we're, 
Just when, do you remember those youthful days when I you do, really yeah. gave a shit and you thought, like, <laughs> so I thought what, you know, what would you know something about him having gallows on his head seem, yeah. seem right? For that but it, I mean, it's sort of interesting because I think absurd that kind of absurd is also surreal. I don't think it's really surreal humour, but it's sort of absurd humour. It's everyone goes well. It sort of looks like it's easy because it's just saying some things that don't link together, but actually to get it right, I was listening to you talk, you, you and Vic, being, you interviewing Vic in uh, the. Uh, that Radio 4 show where they, the chain reaction thing. And, you just, and he just he said you were wearing Speedos and a, an old bus conductor's ticket machine and nothing else. <laughs> and that is just like such... But that's such two brilliant things. It just comes up such an amazing, amazing image. But, like, where, why would you think of a bus conductor's ticket machine? And that? So it's very hard to be absurd because, you, you know, you, the, you're... Your brain follows patterns, so it's actually deliberately, and, and it feels very ad-libbed. A lot of those, those things where you where you are just messing around. Yeah, I mean they're, they're not. We, we, it's like with uh, people, you know, like especially with the big night out. That was um, like every little pretend laughing at each other or yeah. forgetting our lines was all very rehearsed. Really, because I think when you're being being you're in, being so indulgent as to do stuff that just just makes you laugh, and yeah. you never had that thought. Will anyone else laugh? You know, you've got to, you've got to present it with a certain lightness that might that people might say, "I've oh, quite like these fellas." Yeah. You know, they seem all right. They're having a bash yeah. and get a bit of sympathy rather than like, <laughs> you know, rather than get them straight down that line, which is so easy with us to say, sort of like, "Who do you think you are?" And I don't, I don't like these two fellas. Yeah, I think that you, you are like one because it's got this home homemade feel about it. But then it is there's a real craft beneath it when you. So that the, the trick is to make it look like bumbling and, yeah, and insane, yeah, and then you suddenly so. look at it and go, "Oh my god, there's a lot of work's gone into this." Yeah, and it's really really hard. I just think it's that, that you do see you see stand-ups who try to be surreal and. It just often it's just it's. Boring. I mean, I say to you, sometimes if you're in the wrong mood as a viewer, your stuff is really irritating and makes yeah. you quite angry. Let's <laughs> 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 just times and it's going on for ages, going yeah, oh fuck off. But then if you but if you're in a, you can then the next day go and watch the same thing and go, this is just amazing. I mean, we, I remember seeing, I remember watching the big night out and just being completely blown away by because it was so different than. Yeah, but well, you're right. It's then. irritating as well. Yeah. If, if you're in the wrong mood or it's not your. Like your bag, you know. Like we, we, I don't know. It's I always, I, I, I always found it very like funny. So we went along with it, and no one stopped us yet. So, <laughs> well, that's. I mean, that, that is the thing. You really have such an amazing body. It's one of those things. I think. Oh, you know, there's reason more than this and this. But actually, when you look at the body of work that you've created and the consistency where both of you have worked together and apart, it's like mm. it's, tw- it's a massive body of work for 25 years with really no respite. And yeah. some things have become much more famous than others, and some things. But something like Catrick, I think, which a lot of people wouldn't remember or, or didn't see, is yeah. an, was a, was an ama- it was a completely different thing again. Yeah. It was an amazing. I mean, that's a favourite of ours, yeah. Catrick. We always we always like to <coughs> Catrick and a series we did called Bang Bang, um, and a, and funny enough, a Saturday night thing we did for BBC One that was called Families at War. Yeah, I didn't so see. So that. that we always they're the three that we all we. Yeah. What, so what was families? Was families at more like a, a, a game show with a, a sort of generation yeah, it, game? Yeah, it was. Um, we'd get two families, and we would think of a, um, so, uh, like a skill that they might have, which we thought was funny, <laughs> like that they. I, I can't hardly remember them. That like that they could change light bulbs in one <laughs> jump, <laughs> and then we'd get the family and we'd say, "Are you willing to pretend to the British public?" 
that you can change light bulbs. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, that's the way telly is there, isn't we'd get, we'd get families who, would, who were willing to come up and say, yes, I can... I think it was one woman said that she could... She could iron on moving surfaces. <laughs> that, 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 that was the challenge we gave her. Look, Mrs. Whoever, Mrs. Peacock, are you willing to say that you can iron on a moving surface? <laughs> and to get on telly, they say, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Of course I will. So we had a motorised ironing board. <laughs> and yes, it was a Saturday night thing. And then um, when if you, what, the family that won went into something called the Cubiscus where they were dressed as a, a spider and they had to pick gifts out of this cage. Whilst Jim, for some reason, I think because he wasn't involved in this bit, <laughs> it's always a delight for me because I have nothing to do with these things. If he's, it's like we did a thing called Catrick, and if anyone remembers it, he looks exactly like Peter Suckler. <laughs> and that, that was ne- there was never any suggestion, any script or been any meeting where he looked like Peter Suckler. And on the first day of filming, he fucking emerged. <laughs> and says, what do you think of this thing? <laughs> and then, <clears throat> in the moment, you go for it. And then you're, then you're committed because it's on tape. And then you think, fucking hell, it's pizza. But like, so when, when I was, I would be the, I would be the spider, which the family manipulated to pick up hoovers and shit. And Jim took it upon himself to stand by this, uh, this cage, shouting, I am the cockroach. <laughs> but... I mean, we, we, I think we were really fond of it because that was on at six o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah. Won, um. what, what a shame, because that's such a perfect Saturday night thing. And I'm sure Shooting Stars obviously proves that you, you, you can make that work to a mass audience. But that's Saturday night TV, I mean, it's become so kind of boring and anodyne, hasn't it? Yeah. In comparison to that, but that's sort of the perfect. It was really good format, Saturday. yeah. It was a good show. I mean, it's better than Noel Edmonds. No, but even, even Noel Edmonds, that was sort of a bit anarchic and stupid. You know, there was yeah. something about There was something. You know, he had a lot of paedophiles, as it turned out. I was getting, did lots of gotchas on them. I would say, you know, maybe he should have got them for some the actual crimes they committed. But... And you never killed anyone, right, when you did uh, Families at War? So never, 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 never killed anyone. anyone. I've never killed anyone on screen. I'm not that tough. People disappointed People disapproving. Like, oh, they never... Not like Noel, our hero, Noel Edmonds. Would you ever get a killer on? I would be, that'd be fascinated. Onto this? Yeah. Yeah, if they'd served their time, or if they exactly. hadn't yet been that, no, that's right. if they hadn't yet been caught, <laughs> I might have done that. I might very well have done that would be That's good. the kind of thing a killer would ask me, in fact. Did you, did you ever get a, a serial killer who'd never been caught onto your show? Just out of interest. His friend dressed up as Peter Sutcliffe. Uh, so, um, you uh, fought Les Dennis. In, I did, yeah. In the boxing match. Yeah. And you beat him? According to the judges, yeah. yeah. Um, I beat him. I felt I beat him as yeah. well. Um, I thought it was a lot fitter, a lot quicker. A quicker hands. <laughs> Used the ring better. But I also, I also um, fought Darren Day. Did you? Yeah. Because Darren Day, this was something called celebrity boxing that I did. And Darren Day, put, he said he'd do it. But he said, I just want to warn you that I'm kickboxing 
champion, like ninja type. So yeah. just be a bit careful. So they do get the BBC get worried about these things. Well, we got. So I said, well, I'll fight him. <laughs> no, I'm not a tough guy. Just, but well, like, you know, let's. That's the only way we'll find out. And I, I had a fight with him, and he was. It was. He was just like, like lemon curd or something. He was just. I'd hesitate to say a lady, but anyway. But also, we had a problem. We did one with Ricky Gervais fighting yeah. Grant Bovey. Yeah. And we were training um, Ricky Gervais, and uh, he said he didn't need to train. He was just going to kick his head in. <laughs> so, uh, so they were going to stop the fight because they, they just were, you know, because the, there was a lot of concerns. They pulled it in the end because of concerns about people getting hurt and so on. Yes, yeah, it's so quite a dangerous show. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked it, with the, it came to a point with, the, with the, the trainer that's now turned into a lady, Frank Maloney. Oh, yeah. Frank and his, his, his brother said, well, um, we're going to pull it. But I said, well, what if I fight him to see if he is, can cope with, you know, just whether he can cope with it. So I had a fight with Ricky Gervais. Right. And, and, and a, in a gym above the old Kent Road. And um, I did fucking laugh. Because I, I was smoking and I'm not, not fit, so I wore a t shirt. <laughs> but Ricky, you take it, but he came out topless. Oh, fuck, he was big. Fucking <laughs> hell. Do you remember him for the shit? And he, he kicked seven shades out, man. <laughs> no, he really did. I've got that on film and it's, it's, he won't let us show it though. It's funny though. But anyway. So, so he basically made some underground fight nightclubs <laughs> with, with a weird mixture of sort of slightly cool and really weird celebrities fighting each other. <laughs> got to bring that back. That sounds. Got to get that on. Yeah, we we do it on the internet now. The yeah. BBC can't stop you. They just can't touch me, can they? Yeah. They, it all gets a bit creepy though. That was the go- like it was the government that stopped us. Yeah, you know the Houses of Parliament. They're all this the fight British for after all they did as well, eh? The Houses <laughs> of Parliament. <laughs> it's a good point. It is. It's a good point. Um, here's a new emergency question based on what we were talking about earlier. What do you think Lord Alan Sugar should call his autobiography? I came up with uh, ass, ass poo full of sugar. Ass poo? Ass poo. Oh, a spoonful of sugar. Yeah, that is, it, it's a slow burner. He didn't choose it. He didn't, you know, he didn't oh, choose it. Oh, he's asked you to do it. He asked the public to come up with a, with a title for his autobiography, which is lazy at best and stupid at, at best as well. <laughs> Shit, there's nothing. There's, there's sugar on your tits. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Is that sugar on your tits, Alan? <laughs> I wouldn't want you meeting Pele if that is sugar on your tits. Sugar tits is quite just good. Just, it's pretty sugar tits. Do you like Alan Sugar? Have you, I, do well, I kind of... I, I, he's a, I do have a sort of grudging respect for him, but I think he's ludicrous. Yeah. But it, like uh, I, on Twitter, I can't, I retweet oh, every time he writes anything about uh, Tottenham. So because he, right. he, he goes on, he either goes on Twitter and says, "Who knows what the Tottenham score is?" 
Which yeah. is A, stupid because he's on the internet, so we should be able to find out quite easily. And B, he's got like thousands of followers, so all he's going to get is a thousand people telling him the stud score. Yeah. Then he'll also go on Twitter and tell you what's happening. If he's watching the Tottenham game, yeah. he'll commentate on it for you as if you can't find out that information anywhere else. <laughs> so I like to imagine that I'm providing a service where only Alan Sugar knows what's happening in the Tottenham game, and I retweet that for people who aren't oh, well. following Alan Sugar. So, I find it's quite an esoteric, long-running joke uh, on Twitter. Uh, but uh, so he's I, a talking walnut, isn't he? And he's got to be given credit. For that. <laughs> well, he takes himself very seriously, and he's and he's a, he's a bit of a joke. So he's kind of an interesting. I mean, like he's not really done anything that's been massively successful. You got the Amstrad emailing phone. My sister bought one of those. I did so. The, it was uh, sorry, the Amstrad. He's like he had an Amstrad phone that you could email from the phone. Don't know if you saw like this. That, like. Well, it was like it was a uh, it was like sort of about this size. So it was a phone, but then you could also there's a little screen and a and a keypad. I believe I'm describing it correctly, but a very small keypad. So you could, if you didn't <laughs> if you didn't have a computer and wanted to email people, you could email people from your phone. It didn't take off because people. So you kind of got look. Actually, I won't say this next bit. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? I don't, I don't think you even thought of that far. That would be quite good. If, I'm just a bit bored of talking to you. <laughs> Are you still there? Yeah, I'm waiting for the email to come through. Okay, just hang on. It's hard to type on this tiny keyboard. It'll take me a little while to do it. Okay, well, that's good. That was a good title. I'll send it in. He's chosen unscripted as his title, which I think is a bad title. If you had to choose between dating a six foot, a man who was a six foot tall penis. Yes. So he was just, he was just a, basically a penis with a yep. face on it. Or a man who, instead of is a... Is the face on the bell end or just on the shaft? <laughs> I think... It's on the bell end. It's on the... So, but the bell end's not his hairstyle. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's... It sort of could be. It could be that his face is there. I imagine his face is on the, uh, the non-banjo string side. Right. Oh, the banjo, the banjo string could be like... The banjo string? Well, the banjo string could be like a little pigtail. <laughs> Uh, and his face is there. So button that is just a massive penis. Okay. Or a normal man, except instead of a penis, he has a tiny man. <laughs> a fully like, functioning so, tiny yeah, man. Yeah, just a tiny man who's in place of his penis. Who's a, a separate entity. It's, uh, forgive me for asking, but can you tell me anything about the personality of the little man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, is he, like, grumpy or...? I think he would be a bit grumpy, because grumpy. he's... You know, constantly in another man's pants. <laughs> Slightly rolled up, and if he is That would be his biography, wouldn't it? In another man's pants. <laughs> another year. In an... And he's presumably, like, rolled... When the man's wearing trousers, he's just sort of crunched up inside the trousers. And even when he's hanging free, I'm presuming he's hanging upside down. Yeah. When the man's just walking around with nothing on. So I think the time man's pretty pissed off. Yeah. But, um, you know... but. But probably would be delighted about the company. It would be like going out with two people because you'd have the man and the tiny man. I'm going to choose that. Yeah. Richard, um, very much so because you couldn't go out and about with the penis character, could you, really? That's very judgmental of you. Well, no, it would just seem like a promotional thing that like you were <laughs> selling penis friends. I don't know. Good, well, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, I would, I'm going to say I'm, it's a long time since I've done the uh, emergency question, so I'm just trying to look at. Uh, I'll do it. I'll do a traditional. Does one. that mean I've done bad if you've gone on to emergency? No, it questions. doesn't. I just people will be upset if we if I don't ask. What would it take for you to fillet the actor Keith Allen? Keith, will fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had dealings with him? Yeah. Well, let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> oh, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, honestly, really, he, he's one of these this, these odd people who, in a social situation, gets his cock out. He is. Yeah. And I, for me, that I, there's nothing that. What's is, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Has he, got him, well, has he got him to be proud? Is it because he's got quite a big cop that he does Well, no, and that is the weird thing. Yeah. Has Keith Allen put his in your drink? <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, you're, you're a thirsty man. <laughs> oh, but it's terrible, isn't that? It's the yeah. oddest thing. It is, it is odd, yeah. Have you ever seen a ghost? No, I've never seen a ghost. No. I, I think I, 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 I was in the presence of an old fat mate once who was still was dead. Right. Yeah. Still fat, standing above me. But that's a ghost, isn't it, really? That is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. If they're yes. dead and they're there. <laughs> and they interact with me, that's a ghost. Yeah. I don't remember it very, very well, and it'll, he was called Fat Harry. Right. Fat Harry Harriman. And, uh, yes, yeah, so oh, yes, I'm going to yeah. change my answer if that's illegal. <laughs> it's allowed. You know, you're allowed to change halfway through. Makes me suspicious that you just made that up. No, honestly. Okay. In Middlesbrough, it was, was again. In Middlesbrough? Yeah. Because there was a ghost in my uh, grandparents' uh, bedroom when my, but I think it was just my brother. We, when we, there was like a little, um, sort of, it's called a Z bed or something. The little stowaway bed yeah. that, I used to, that he used to sleep on when I slept in the other bed when we were in there. And I think it had a little thing that you could twirl around, but he always said there was a ghost. So it might have been a real ghost. So this is just a Velcro strap or something? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a little uh, metal thing that you could turn around. <laughs> in Middlesbrough. It's full of dead people and very miserable dead people who lived and then died. So in people selling Z beds now, there'll be a little strap on it and say, oh, this guy's got the Middlesbrough ghost, of course. <laughs> <laughs> It could be. I won't ask you the loose Sanders questions. Um, uh, let me have a look at my questions. See, that's what emergency questions are to stop me doing this. Are you ever mistaken for Bob Mortimer, the Christian evangelist who lives in Geek Harbour, Washington, who's a triple amputee and motivational speaker? <laughs> Never had an email through for I wish I had him on. I have to go see sounds. I might try and get him on next. I've heard he's he often was... mistaken for me though. <laughs> Imagine people thought we got Bob Mortimer. Where's Vic mate? <laughs> he's still got one limb. I'm not sure which limb it is. I don't know, I can't remember which one it is. If he's evangelical, it's probably the arm. He was a drug addict and he was in... Have you ever mistaken for Bob Mortimer, the English footballer from 1908 to 1965, who was York City's top scorer in the 1938-9 season? No. No. No, I've, uh, 
I've, I've, I occasionally have genuinely been mistaken for the actor Kevin Spacey. Have you? In, really, yeah. I've had conversations with him. I've had an autograph returned because I'm not him. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've sat in the, um, in, the, honestly, in the waiting room at um, Waterloo East with someone um, thanking me for all my good work at the Old Vic. <laughs> and you thought you meant the Old Vic? Though that could have happened, couldn't it? You still with Vic? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't go to the theatre. Fuck it. <laughs> no, I mean, fuck it. I went to see. I went to see a play once at the Old Vic. What I just didn't get. I don't. I don't know what it's about. Yeah, well, like the that, experience. But. If you see a good play, it's good, but there's a lot of really bad ones. I did one last year. <laughs> uh, uh, apparently wasn't any good. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Who said it wasn't any good? Well, the, the, the public, <laughs> with, their, with yeah. their refusal to come yeah. and watch it. I suppose they didn't know, they didn't come and see it. So exactly, they, yeah. It might have been good, and they just didn't know about it. What was it called? I Killed Rasputin. Was it good? Yeah. Oh, it was all right. Yeah. It was all right. It's not really a big sell, Richard, but all right. <laughs> well, it's, not, it's never going to happen again. I was quite pleased with it, but, you know, I only lost £45,000 putting on it. It's not a big deal. So, um... Could have bought a house in Middlesbrough for that. All right, yeah. That's, that's, so I'd rather have done the play. <laughs> What were you thinking of? I said, yeah, 45 grand, I'll do that. I'll yeah. love p- put that towards that project. Yeah. You, nothing cautioned you, no? I thought, it, well, it, was, it didn't lose all the, you know, would, I put more than 45 grand. I thought... Um, more, I thought more people would come, because I thought yeah. that it was Edinburgh. But more, I, thought, I sort of thought 100 people a day would definitely come. So that, that was one thing. And then I was doing a stand-up show at the same time, and I thought, that usually makes money now, so that'll make some money, but I didn't make any money either. So, uh, yeah, let's not bring it. It's a, it's a, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. But it's all right. I've been on tour. The tour did all right. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so I've, there's a website called Dirty Brick Com Confession. Are you aware of this? I know nothing of it. No, where comedy fans yeah. uh, give their sexual fantasies about comedians. There's quite it's a few, for real, Richard. This is for real. This is re- re- there's quite a lot of, for you. They're mainly about having threesomes with you and Vic. Uh, this is the most interesting one. I'm seeing whether you'd be interested in this. I mean, it's hard to do because it's a past version of yourself. I want to take the big night out era, Vic and Bob, chain them together by their nipples, put them in a room, right. and watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short chain. Short chain. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the chaining your nipples together. So you're quite, you'd be quite face to face with Vic. Well, it doesn't. By the it doesn't do it for me. Is no. that what? Well, I don't know if that would put them off. I don't know if, if I don't know if you would have to be in it, or if just the two of you standing there going, "This is a bit weird." Yeah. I'm not really enjoying this. So I don't know if they would be there furiously masturbating, <laughs> or whether you would have to be like going, "Oh, mmm." I like being chained by the nipples to you. It's kind of an odd thing. It's do. not doing it for me. No. It's not doing it for me. If someone had said, I, I, I would like, I'm more than willing to, if anyone would like me to run on the shoreline in a massive pair of underpants shouting Gandhi. <laughs> Put a bit of poetry there, isn't it? 
Did that come up? That, that, that yeah. isn't there yet, but it might. It might be there. I think they might have closed, uh, closed it to, to entries for the moment, but do go and put that up, and then you might, might, that might come true. Um, uh, shooting Stars, of course. I, I wanted to ask you about uh, Will Self on Shooting Stars, because Will Self has been saying that you, he was really funny on Shooting Stars and you would always cut out all of his jokes in the edit. Is that... I, I, I wouldn't I, think it was true. My I, feeling is... Do you edit those shows or do you just do them and walk away from Well, them? we used to do about... Um, we, we sometimes brought them in like about 34 minutes, which yeah. is tight. But we used to do them like between about 40 and 50 minutes. Right. So there's, there's not a great deal no. taken out of it. But um, I don't remember Will. I don't, is that what he said? That yeah, he, said he, was, he was saying recently that he was annoyed that you... He, was very, he said he was very funny on it, but you took out all of his... He, did, he seemed to not enjoy being mm. the team captain as so much. Well, it seemed fun at the time. That's a shame. It right. did seem... I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of that. Oh, OK. I'm not... Uh, do you still see Will Self forever? No, I no. but I never did. No. I'm not as frightening, Will. <laughs> Will's he's bright as a button, you know, yeah. and massive. And uh, no, but I thought I, my memories of him. I th- I'm sure he was probably edited the same way that Mark Lamar was. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Well, it's all, it was always an interesting um, mix of again. It's just a really clever mix of different types of people. So it's kind of the idea of having Will Self on that show in itself is a. Is a masterpiece idea, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's not, he's not the kind of person you'd expect. I mean, it's not terribly thought, thought, thought through. We, I mean, when we, we did the, we, we used to, when we did the, the um, Big Night Out as a, a pub thing, the, the second half of it was a quiz, which was called the Big, the big Quiz. And we had um, all these like, questions left over. We'd never done, never used the Big Quiz on telly. And... Uh, I'm trying to think. Why did I start? Oh, sorry. So, like, so we did the sh- we did the show. We we did a night on BBC where they said, "Will you do the whole New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve or something?" Yeah. And we didn't have anything particularly to do, so we said, "Well, we'll do a quiz." And it, just the very day we said that, we did a show called The Word, and Mark Lamar said, "Oh, I'm getting sacked from this tomorrow." And we said, "Well, we're doing a quiz." Like, it, it was kind of, and yeah. like, it was the same with Elrika. She did quite something that's quite popular on YouTube, where she just she started laughing her head off during the weather. Yeah. And she got the giggles, and that like happened that week. <laughs> and we thought, well, she seems fun, and we got. In, <laughs> you know, there was no, there wasn't any science behind no. that. I can't remember why we chose Will. Can't remember. I suppose it, it seems like I can, if you've got Mark Lamar and Mark Lamar's not there, it seems like a kind of Mark Lamar like. That's presence. probably the process we went through. Yeah. Who's like Mark? Yeah. yeah. And Mark wasn't doing because he was doing buzzcocks. That was the reason he. Did I can't. Re- I can't remember what, why Mark packed in. Do you know Mark? A little bit, but only from years ago. Again, yeah. I mean, that's Mark, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we wouldn't do it like. Yeah, I, I can. I can't remember it, but I imagine one week he said he's not. That's it. I'm not yeah. doing it anymore. So, which is a shame. It's an. But it was again. It's an amazing show, and I think it's. I was looking at a clip with uh, Frank Boff, where Frank Boff. <laughs> You called him Frank B-O-F-F on his... Yeah. And then he really gets upset about it. It's, it's, he doesn't get that it's a joke, I think. Do you, think, do you remember this bit? I can't remember it. He, he basically is going, well, I, you know, you boys are very clever and I thought this show would be good, but uh, I isn't. should tell you my name is spelled B-O-U-G-H, not... Uh, you've misspelled my name. You're going, you're going oh, it's Boffert. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember we had a difficult show. Chris Rea was on. Right. And, uh, <laughs> 
why is that fun? Chris, 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 Chris yeah. Rea was on, and, and Ulrika was the um, the team captain, and Chris Rea just sat like that, saying nothing right. for the for the whole show. And um, when we finished, I said, because I knew Chris Rea a bit, but the people yeah, so I said, uh, I said, what's the matter, Chris? You've got a cob on, haven't you? And we had no idea that he'd returned from some tour or something. And Ulrika had spread the rumour that had got into the papers that he'd got AIDS. Because <laughs> they, they lived in the same village. And he had no idea that, you know, Chris being that he's not a telly, he had no idea that this Ulrika woman was on this show. Did he have AIDS? <laughs> Why did she say he had AIDS? <laughs> it turned out he had pancreatic cancer. <laughs> I, I don't know how well you know that disease, that particular cancer, ladies and gentlemen, but it does lead to terrible weight loss. Because the only way you can um, process stuff is by super exercise. Right. Super exercise. <laughs> With fire pony. <laughs> I mean, it was the best thing for us with shoot fans was meeting these people because the, yeah. the, the guests were just a wish list. It was a oh, I'd love to meet him. And did, everyone, love to meet did everyone go along? Because I mean, the, the, again, it's these surreal endings where bears are being sent down zip wires into people's faces, or <laughs> what? You know, they all they all go. They know what was going to happen. And they all go along with it. No, we never told you. We never told them what the end game would be because right. wouldn't. Lots of them wouldn't have done it. <laughs> But, like, there was no way... We had Richard E. Grant on. There was no way he would have done the punishment. But you'll know from telly, if you come to Crunch, and we tell Ulrika, say, choose Richard. Yeah. Choose Richard E. Grant. So I'm going to choose Richard. And his face was like, you fucking... (laughs) (laughs) But in front of an audience, you can't say no. So you've got them. So there was quite a few reluctant... um, players yeah but it, I, mean, it, I mean it's it didn't i don't think it ever felt like it always felt like an inclusive thing it didn't feel like a but you know you could do something like that and some tv shows do things like that and you feel they're but bu- these are people being bullied or people made to look stupid it felt, to me it always felt like it was an inclusive thing yeah you, i don't know people say I, yeah people would come back and ask yeah. to do it again and things but i mean it's like it's weird what telly does to you in that sense because there was a dancer of strictly come dancing right and me and Jim, it's just it's being little kids. But we didn't like him. He's maybe called Brendan or... Yeah, he's Australian, I think, or yeah. something. There is one called Brendan. So, <laughs> and we just you know, stupidly took that, like we didn't think he... <laughs> didn't like him. And we had a, we, we had a game where... You, what, we do it a lot in what we do. You pick up something like a steel bar and it's real, yeah. but you drop it and pick up the one next to it, which isn't. And we were dropping whole Edam cheeses <laughs> on him. And uh, we had the false ones. And for some reason on that, oh, fuck it. Fuck this. <laughs> fuck this Brendan man. From that fucking dancing show. And, and Edam has got a bit of heft to it, you know. Um, because he's fucking Brendan from that, he, he like, he took him. Yeah. Which was almost sweeter. <laughs> and we laid a 
We laid a massive turkey on someone that had gone completely rank. I can't remember who that was, but but no people. Sorry, people were fine. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Technically speaking. Apart from when you decided to take vengeance on there was the, just that one cheese-based vengeance. That fucking Brendan. <laughs> he might not be called Brendan. <laughs> Do you know you. the one I mean? Yeah. Brendan Cole. Yeah. Brendan Cole. It, was, it turned out he's really nice as well. <laughs> he was really nice. Oh, I bet I've got to ask. I've got. I've got a cash new thing called cash for questions. Where someone's given me some cash to ask you a question. It says, Nick Gage has paid £60 <laughs> to ask you. He's paid for, for uh, about, uh, about. I'm trying to work out what it is about. Uh, Why are you running here, Richard? He's paid about a quarter of George's uh, wages for George, George, the, the sound guy who can't turn the sound on properly. <laughs> So we might we might discount that from his. It's just because we wanted to film it this time, and we couldn't afford to film it, so we right. so we so made people pay for things. You know, it's changed the whole tone. Well, of the I tone. was burgled last week or we, week before, and on on the net, have you seen these wireless cameras you can get yeah, yeah. that connect to your phone? Yeah. And I don't want to put him out of a job or whatever, <laughs> but it's HD quality. Yeah. And you could just put it there. <laughs> Like that, yeah. And I, I don't think you'd notice the difference. No. <laughs> I don't think so. What they do now for an ID parade is because the, the the wife came downstairs and the burglar was in the living room, and he ran away. And she said, I'm, "I know what he looks like." And like in my days when I was a solicitor, it was just you get ten people, got to be the same colour, but you get just ten blokes. Can you pick them out? But now they go to like this video suite where. Um, you get, so there was eight, I think it was, and they have to be the same age, same ha- hairstyle, right. and so on. And it's impossible. <laughs> Absolutely impossible. I mean, my wife was so frustrated, because he's burgled us so many times. Because <laughs> our security is shit. And, uh, but do you know the thing, which when you, like, people look so different on yeah. video. I and met Pat Cash the other day. I had no oh, idea it was Pat then. Cash. Yeah. Absolutely no idea because I'd only seen Pat Cash on video, yeah. on telly. Yeah. Very different in the real life. Pat Cash. He, did Pat Cash burglar you? So he's saying Pat Cash was the burglar. He burglar. Well, <laughs> but it just seems the strangest system. Yeah. We're going to show you him, but he won't look like him because he's on video. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I, I anyway, was, I'm not. I'm not wanting to like crush down on civil liberties or anything like that. No. It's, it's, <laughs> anyway, this is the question. Nick Gage has asked this question. It's quite a hard question to answer, so don't feel you have to. It's not. I mean, it's not. You know. He wants sixty quids worth of answer. <laughs> he does. As a former small Welsh child, he. This is him, and I usually have Welsh children writing my questions for me. The Welsh for microwave is Popdy Ping. <laughs> Can you think of any more kitchen appliances that would have an amusing translation? It's quite a hard question. Well, that is a question. Currently, yeah. it would be my dishwasher, which I call the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's re- yeah, anyway, yeah. same old, you know what I mean, later. Have you ever known it with knots with your dishwasher? <laughs> beep, beep, beep. 
they What's do, wrong this time? They do beep a lot. Apparently, you can turn that beep off if, you, if you're clever. But I... well, it's got a stop on it. Yeah. Won't go any further. Beep. Turn the beep off. Yeah. Right. It's just watching you saying yeah. Whatever. I was. I do have a dishwasher-based uh, emergency question. It's a new one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. One. So that works out quite well. It's like we almost hey. like we, we scripted this. I, the other day, my mother-in-law put a uh, quite sharp knife up, point upwards in the dishwasher, and I never do that. I don't put them in the dishwasher. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of caught nearly. I nearly killed myself. For, you know, I nearly just cut my wrists on that. Do you have any feelings about cutlery in how cutlery should be placed? Well, I do. I do, Richard. Yeah. Do um, you know on the top, the top yeah. drawer, yeah. there's the little flaps at the side. Yeah. I lay them. How do you? Blade towards the so back. That's the, just the sharp knives or all knives. Just the, the sharp fellas. With yeah. your regular cutlery that isn't so sharp. Yeah. Do you put the knives all in the same compartment or the spoons all in the same compartment? Or no, I'm, I'm willy nilly mixing yeah. together. But I put the the metal end up. Yeah. Because otherwise, you get when you take them out, you got your hand handprints all over the the pointy end. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You, that is the correct answer. There is. Uh, you can buy. So, well, I've written a whole. I've written a, a newspaper article about this question. It's one of the most controversial newspaper columns I wrote. So I thought we'd bring it into the. A lot of people got involved. You can now buy a special tray that you can put into the top that is right. sideways on, and you can put all your cutlery in sideways and put that in the top. Would you be interested in having one of those? I wouldn't be interested in. It, no, no, I think there's ad- adequate nooks um, <laughs> and crannies for all your needs. Because I think the problem with that is it takes up a lot of space. Do you, you believe in Calgon? Do you really think something's fucking about with your washing machine that that Calgon's going to get on top of? I've never had an issue. I've never had an issue with lights go in my in my dishwasher. I don't think. They just go on and on, don't they? The, yeah. the, the drum will break or the belt. Yeah. But I've never had someone come round and say you've got that central mid failure due to some build-up that Calgon would have sorted if you hadn't been... I think, I always think when I see that the cost of buying the Calgons over the lifetime of the machine would add up to more than the cost of a new machine yeah, like, by the time you get to it. So I always think that is a... But, you know, unless you care about the earth and don't want to use up too many washing machines. But your ship, but so, but, but what, break it Calgon, yeah. if it's so fucking powerful in it, right, do you really want to be um, spewing Calgon out into the, into the world? That's true. And in your clothes and your dishes. Imagine you if you did, if Calgon penetrated every bit of machinery and equipment, it would all work perfectly forever. <laughs> And well, then everyone would, everything would go bust, wouldn't it? You know, it like could. the white soap thing, the Peter Sellers film. Yeah, it could. And if you got into the water base, into the land, yes. all, all lime would be destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> A world without lime. There'd be, no lime. There'd, be no, there'd be no chalk or anything. All of that stuff would get all the same, wouldn't it? Shit, lime scale, it? chalk. Well, lime is, you're looking at it, plastering that whole yeah. industry. The mendips. Body disposal. Fucking Cal John. When I first moved to Cheddar, uh, there was, uh, the, there was uh, a shed at the back of the, of the garden, which was where the, the Thriling Three used to meet up for people who uh, remember that reference. Uh, but there was a big thing of lime there that I became quite, like a big tray of lime underneath the workbench. So I became quite obsessed with it and I dug, I dug it all out looking to see what had been in there. Yeah. And there was a, a lace lady's glove in there. Which, you know, I didn't know at the time that lime could be used to dispose of bodies, but finding yeah. like a lace lady's glove inside some lime 
does suggest that that was the murder scene somewhere. Never mentioned it until now, probably should have brought it. Have you, have, you, uh, have you ever thought about body disposal? Just like I said, just having a laugh, thinking about how you get rid of the wife. You know. Yeah, I do think about things like this a lot. Uh, yeah. I don't know how... You know, I think you can probably chop them up and put them in the bins. You just you lob it in the bin? Well, over... over cool, either bit by bit. You guys, you've got to decide, should I take the big punt and put it in one and, and hope that just gets in the back? Or shall I do it like bit by bit? Yeah. It's going to take three or four different weeks. <laughs> I'm going to have uh, most of the dead body yeah. of my wife, say... In the house. Wouldn't need me, your wife, but yeah. Yeah, wouldn't need me, my wife. Just say it is, Mark. I like my wife. But I think, you know, you could probably get. If you put like a hand in there, in amongst yeah. your regular rubbish. I, I mean, if it was your wife, I don't know if yeah. it be your wife. No. But if it was your wife, yeah. if you were to not have a frenzied attack, yeah, they'd immediately think it was a stranger attack. Yeah. So as long as you were up to doing one of those appeals, you know, please come home. <laughs> Everybody misses you. I think but that, don't you think they only do those appeals if they think the person did it? Uh, you get that feeling, don't you? Do. you? I think it, they make you do it. So if, you, if you're ever in that situation, and I hope you're not, Bob, yeah. uh, and, uh, <laughs> I really hope you're not. I may hope, you know, no one close to you dies, but also I hope you don't become a suspect in the crime. Uh, Thank, uh, you, Thank you, Richard. Thank you. But if you are, and they say, will you do an appeal? Just say, no, I won't do it. Because that is them, them watching it's you like a hawk. Yeah. Watching. It's the greatest hindsight TV you can get in it. Yeah. When you, when you subsequently find out they did it and yeah. they show it. And it's so obvious that there's no tears. It would be hard. It would be hard. I think even if you're a brilliant actor, that would be a hard role to go, right, I've got to play the part of someone who didn't kill this person. <laughs> <laughs> and also, you know, look, and then look upset. Yeah. No, I'm not upset, I'm glad. If you had to commit a terrorist atrocity, have you got any ideas for that? Because I've planned terrorist atrocities a lot. Well, I certainly wouldn't uh, attack the capital. I've always thought that's a weakness with all the security. I'd probably do somewhere like a Bradford or a Rotherham or Manchester because the security is so much less. And I would go to, I would use a sporting event or a shopping centre. No, every time I would. And I'd probably, I think it's, I think terrorists don't use it. It's something that I remember vividly from the coverage of Vietnam when I was young. You know the napalm, the petroleum jelly? Yeah. Stuff. I'm sorry, I'm just saying. It's it's hypothetical. How would you? How would you dispute the napalm? Because that's quite hard. It's quite a tricky substance to. Do you have a shop called Smithy's where you live? No. Well, it's like a joke shop. Yeah, and they sell these guns. <laughs> yeah. Or the super squirters. Do you think napalm would be all right in such? A, wouldn't the napalm melt the super squirter? No, no, no. Absolutely not. No more than petrol would do. Okay. No. <laughs> See, would the petrol melt the super? You've done quite a lot of research. <laughs> If you were to put polystyrene pellets in it as well, of course it would stick to people. Right. More. <laughs> but... It's true, you know, it's pretty easy to... I mean, you know, I don't want to have a go at the terrorists, but it's pretty easy to kill quite a lot of people quite easy, quickly. Yeah. And most terrorist atrocities... I mean, 9-11, I'll give them that, that was a good one. <laughs> they got a lot of people... I mean, yeah. from, the, yeah. from their point, I'm not... Approve, I'm disapproving what they did... 
was wrong. But if you if you are coming from the point of view of I'm a terrorist, I want to kill as many people as possible, that was that was a good day for the terrorists. <laughs> uh, but all the others have been, you know, you could yeah. do worse with a you know pointed stick, couldn't you? No, honestly, say someone like Spennymore in County Durham, yeah. right, on the dog track of a, a Wednesday or something. They've got one turnstile. Yeah, you could take everyone out. It's probably two, 200, 250 Spennymore residents. It would cripple... Uh, Spanning would be fucked. <laughs> it would lose a whole generation. And think of the odorless grounds as well. Wandering the streets. Not, not even out of the traps. <laughs> Still, if, you know, that it, if you laugh about it, that's the best way to <laughs> And also, I hope, you know, that I give a lot of tips to terrorists in this, but I'm hoping that also the security services are listening and thinking, oh, we better watch out for if Bob Moffat goes to buy a lot of super soakers and polystyrene pellets, we'll keep an eye on him. So, you know, we're giving it a level playing field. At the moment, it's mainly terrorists listening in. I think, like on a plane, I think I said this on the last one, the bonus one, take some barocas, but they're made of, like, whatever that stuff is that they put in the Oasis drink. They put that and just then get, add water to that, and then you've got your explosives, then bang, blow up there. With a barocca. That would blow a plane. Well, you know, you're not allowed to take Oasis on the plane. Not the band, the drink. (laughs) (laughs) Because you can mix it... Not actual oasis, like they, they put like chemicals in. The reason you can't take more than, you know, 100 millilitres on, because they had that plan, they were going to take oasis bottles with coloured liquid in them, and then if you put the coloured liquid together, it creates a, a bomb big enough to blow a bit out of a plane. Right. But surely you can just make that oasis chemical into a barocca that looks like a barocca, put a few of those in a barocca, so you can take on loads, and then they've got water on the plane, just put the water into the... Yeah, yeah. and I don't know if you've ever handled, um, what is it, Samtex? No. Yeah. <laughs> if you've never handled it, I fucking challenge you to distinguish it from the exterior of a fig roll. <laughs> no fucking chance. So, a little bit of fig paste in the middle of it. I, I'll tell you, man. But That's why they make you You eat. don't need to take over a plane. But you can blow a hole in it. Or, like, because I've got a baby now, you just have a baby bottle full of the Oasis stuff, and bit, they make you drink it, yeah. but just, make, just have a little secret compartment at the top with milk in it that you drink, yes. and then the rest is the bottom. Bang, blow it up. So I'm just trying to help the terrorists out. You know, they, I feel sorry they haven't done so well recently. So, you know, good, good luck. Good luck to them. You're, you're going to go on tour? Yeah. In the autumn? Yeah. Everyone's still going on tour now. This autumn, everyone's going. It is. Yeah. Well, last autumn there was 120 comedians on tour, so I think you know it edges the little guy like me out. <laughs> uh, so, you, but how many dates are you doing? Well, we're doing uh, 20 odd or something right. in November, and then we're doing some more the following year in the uh, in the February. Cool. Um, if we can make it, if we can still do it. Yeah. So it's been a long time, 20 years since we've um, been on the stage. Did you did you tour much back in the in the 90s? <coughs> yeah, we you... used to do every every couple of years with tour. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, you'll enjoy it. It's all right. No, it's fun touring, but it's yeah, it's not as fun as it was. Yeah. We, we see, we were never too rock and roll on our tours. We we used, we used to... to take guns and everything. Did you? <laughs> no, no, I, I promise you, we used to take a gun. And uh, yeah, what did you do with the gun? Just used to, we used to go somewhere where no one could see us. 
<laughs> so we've got a gun and film each other with it. Are you going to have a big tour bus, or are you going to just be in the No, we're again? just... Um, uh, Jim's got... He's going in a... Um, what's it called? Caravel? Vox, Volkswagen Caravel? Okay. And he's just sleeping at the gigs. <laughs> it's his intention. And I, go, I like to go holiday in. <laughs> I can't like holiday in, but... Holiday in is, a, you know, is, that's a good level. Yeah. So you know what you're getting. I think Premier in holiday in is about the right level. I wouldn't go down to a travelodge. No. <laughs> I mean, you really shouldn't. The last, I've, I've told the story on this before, but the last time I was in a travelodge, and I'd never stay in a travelodge again, there was a, someone else's bogey on my shower curtain <laughs> when I went. And then, you know, I couldn't be bothered to complain about it, but then just when I had a shower, I had to kind of push the... Yeah. And then I was sitting down in the bar thinking there's a bogey in my room, yeah. someone else's bogey in my room. Yeah. I mean, me... I, was, I was a bad lad in the time, and I always used to urinate in my kettle in the, <laughs> in the hotel. But, um... Oh, that's what I did. Because <laughs> uh, I couldn't be bothered to go to the toilet. It's and not then... that far to the toilet, though, is it? So you were like, you essentially as a bedpan, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Just hold it in the bed and wee in it. Yeah. Then put it by the yeah. side. Usually because I'm reading a book. Yeah. And just... <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was the same tour, the same time bottom were touring. Yeah. And nearly all the rooms that me and Vic got were Aid and Rick were getting. Right. The night after. <laughs> and I, I yeah. I, I never apologised. Jennifer, Jennifer Saunders approached me about it. Yeah. She, she, she was all right about it. <laughs> it's good for you, apparently. Yeah. I don't know if you're drinking other people's weed. <laughs> Did you ever do Just for Laughs in Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that it was Just Laughs? I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it. I've been three times, I think. We did, me, me and Steve did it in the 90s, and I've been once on my own, and I found it. I just, but I'm terrible in those situations, which is why, you know, I just have to do my own TV shows in a theatre being filmed by some men who don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Did, one, you, did you and Stuart bomb there? Or no, we did all right, but it, I just didn't like the whole atmosphere of it. So it's, it's so about... Uh, it's such a trade fair, much yeah. more than, say, Edinburgh is. It's like, literally, you go back to the hotel, and they're all the agents and all the TV people, and they're all trying to sign people up to it. And I was never interested. They were interested in taking Stu, you know, Stu... Well, the second, the, I didn't want to go the second time we went, mm. but Stu had loads of interest from, like, American producers and stuff about yeah. writing or being on TV, TV in America, and I only wanted to be on TV in England, yeah. <laughs> or Britain. And, uh, uh, and so I really reluctantly went, went back. It's the only time Stu ever really wrote all the scripts, because I didn't want to... Yeah, I mean, we absolutely bombed. Yeah. I absolutely bombed. Um, we, we sang a song called we, 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 Jim came on um, and said he got a lucky a lucky to, a lucky charm or something right. I said well, well that sounds like that's terrific music that you've got something that brings you luck and he said yeah and I said what is it and he said it's like a carpet and he had a 30 foot roll of carpet <laughs> and he sang to this Canadian audience that this is me lucky carpet I bought it in the market <laughs> And there were that you could almost feel it's a fucking carpet. That can't be lucky. How do you carry that around with you all of that? Oh, we bombed. I, we, we walked off. I've never seen Jack D and Eddie Izzard happier in <laughs> Fucking Eddie was beaming. But, they, but also, it's so slick there. So there's a lot. All the stand-ups and all the American stand-ups, especially, were really just trying to get on the sitcoms. So yeah. they were actors. 
uh, who had learned a five-minute routine to the point of every so like they would if you watch them two nights in a row it was exactly the same they would yeah. get onto a stool at one point step off a guy was doing a joke this is the, the, my abiding memory it made a mistake halfway through the joke said oh excuse me and started the joke again Right, right, so like, and any stand-up would go, oh, I fucked that up, and either try and get out of it or make a joke about it. He was like, oh, excuse me, and then you know, took two or three steps back so he was in the right place, and then just started telling yeah. the joke again as if nothing had happened. Yeah. So they were like actors rather. Than no, it's really joyless, isn't it? Yeah, as well. yeah, I mean, horrible. it was it was a lesson to learn seeing comedy done like fucking like really properly. Yeah. But for me and Jim, like, it, no, it, it, <laughs> no, but it, it is incredible, isn't it? The craft of some of those American yeah, ones. But, but it, it left us... But that's the weird... You know, it's such a weird thing, isn't it, where, like, an, an act in one place, everyone gets it, and it's either a local thing or the... You know, you've... It's, it, is that, it is that complicity with the audience. The audience have to be on side of you, and so you can be the funniest person in one place, and then you go yeah. somewhere else, and then you just go, this is just a man with a carpet. That's not... I, <laughs> I, it's not amusing. I pass a carpet shop every yeah. day, and there's a man with lots of carpet. Well, yeah, and he doesn't, he's not, doesn't seem that lucky. He's got a closing <laughs> down sale. The, uh, I mean, Harry and, Harry and Paul bombed that year as well, and that, that was an odd one, because um, they did Smashy and Nicey, which was a well-honed thing. Yeah. And there was a, like a, a Canadian-American audience just watching it saying, they're just two DJs. Yeah. <laughs> abs- you know, yeah, they're, we're doing it for charity, yeah. What's the joke here? No, it was, yeah. that was, it was, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I hate it out there, but I'll, you know, I'll give it another go. If I can be the funny butler in some sitcom in America, that's all. That's all I want. That's all I want now. Um, well, I think we might have to st- stop in a sec because you know we've got, we've got to do another one. It's been really nice though. Uh, but uh, you know, we don't have to. We don't have. To. I'll, uh, I might ask you one more. Um, I enjoy talking about the washing mach- the dishwasher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And the terrorism best. Yeah, they were, they, were, they, were, they, were, they were some of my high points. It all goes out, though. That's the thing with this. There's no, nothing gets edited out unless you feel embarrassed by anything you've said that was litigious. Uh, well, you just go on about Avalon for 15 minutes. That's, it, that's it. But uh, they... Uh... Have you got a grudge? No, I know. I, it was a, a very in-joke for five people in this room, probably. Uh, but, uh... Have you got a grudge, Richard? No, no, I'm with Avalon. I'm, with, I'm still with, with Avalon. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Let's really? not do this again. Uh, <laughs> You're with Avalon. I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Man and boy. I'm, very, I'm a very loyal person. Uh, you happy with Avalon? Are you happy with Avalon? Well, I think I'm as happy as I would be anywhere else. I My agent's ten percent. Yeah. How does that make you feel? <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd take 10% of you to for 15% of me. <laughs> you run your own production company. But... Do they treat you differently? <laughs> to everyone else? Yeah. Um, I've, I've not gotten that much of a problem. They've been good to me, I think. And uh, they let me do this. We're probably going to cut this out again. Sorry. Uh, I wish I'd never brought it up. We'll talk about it backstage. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't mind you saying you're a terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> you're with Avalon. <laughs> uh, but it really it beggars belief. It really 
if you had to choose between having uh, a tit that dispensed talcum powder... A tit? A tit. Yes. Or a finger that could travel through time. Finger travels through time, yeah. Which would you choose out of those two things? A tit that dispenses. Yeah, talcum powder. You have as much talcum powder as you want. Infinite supply of talcum powder. Full infinite. Fuck it. <laughs> Or a, or a finger, finger that can travel, only your finger can travel through time, but it can go anywhere you want it to. And does it return? Yeah, well, you're still controlling it, it's there, but it's just in t- like there, it's gone through the vortex. And, and now. I touch things in the future. Yeah, or the past, <laughs> yeah, the future or the past. Did you change the past with your finger? I'd like to touch the past, thank you very much. <laughs> I'd, I'd know, right, I'd do that very much. It's an easy like strum on a lute or something. <laughs> or, or, yeah, yeah. I'm, very, I'm quite enticed by that. And into the future, when the, finally we get fucking jetpacks, I'll be able to touch one of them. You could turn someone's jetpack off. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we better go. But, ladies and gentlemen, will you please give a massive round of applause to Bob Mortimer? Thank you, everyone.